Welcome back to the Capes and Tights podcast right here on capesandtights.com. I'm your host, Justin Soderberg. And for those who are watching can see this, but if those are listening, they can't. I'm sitting here with my son, Nova. Want to say hi? Oh, no. Okay. Um, I only brought Nova on here, too, because Nova's homesick with me. And, and Vladimir uh, Popov, who came on to talk comics today, was willing enough to reschedule a couple of times due to uh, illnesses and so on and so forth. So I wanted to show the reason why. It took some time to get Vladimir on here. But uh, Vladimir is a comic book artist and creator who has worked on titles like Highlander, Robocop, Fearscape, Port of Earth, Hellraiser, Ice Nine Kills, Youngblood, Where Monsters Lie, and so much more. Uh, Vladimir is a super talented artist and creator. And so he took time out of his day to talk to us from Serbia to talk about all things comics. But, you know, I focused a lot on Where Monsters Lie, one of my favorite comics of 2023 so check them out uh, on facebook instagram twitter all those things as well but check us out there too as well as follow us rate review all that stuff on uh, apple spotify youtube and all that stuff uh so yeah this is vladimir popoff talking comics on the capes and tights podcast enjoy everybody say enjoy hey Welcome to the podcast, Vlad. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me, Justin. I'm good. I'm good. Um, good. Yeah. You know, happy it's to a, be on a podcast. It's fine because I've talked uh, to people all over the world uh, on the podcast. I did one uh, for the, the comic Antarctica with that creative team over at Top Cow and Image. And at that point, I think we had four people on. So it was me and three other people. All other people were in a different country. So we had like a South American country. We had some me in the United States. We had someone in in like Scotland. There was someone in like Japan. And it was the funniest thing. It was the weirdest like fact that all of us were in different countries. Uh, and that's my first time talking to someone living in Serbia. So well, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we're, well, we're worldwide on this one. Yeah. Yeah. American Europe <laughs> relations. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. So we're gonna talk some comics and stuff. So it's been a, it's been a, a hell of a hell of a week for me. Uh, you know, uh, personally and stuff like that. You know, my son being sick, we had to reschedule. I was sick, had to reschedule. So finally, we're getting on here and doing this uh, and talking some some fun world of comics uh, with you. And so um, as we get started, how did you get into? Um, I mean, you, you're obviously an artist, but like, did you were you a comic book fan your entire life too? Yeah, yeah. I was a comic book fan pretty much my entire life. Uh, I started reading them around my, when I was four, and I like I learned to read on Disney comics, and then like I watched cartoons like Superman, Spider-Man, some European cartoons like Asterix, and then around age seven or, or eight, I was like, I, this is cool, I'd like to try to do it. <laughs> and then I started scribbling, like, you know, seven years old, like started some drawing and doodling and everything. And um, my first comic books were uh, influenced by uh, Italian comic books, actually, by Italian comic book named Alan Ford. It's not much uh, uh, popular in the US because it's mostly in Italian, but it was popular yeah. in like in Yugoslavia and Eastern Europe and the Balkans and this part of the world a lot. So that was like, that was my first style kind of like, of, of driving and then when I was around you know like 13 or 14 years old I discovered learn to drive the Marvel way the, mm -hmm. you know, the, the biggest book on comics and uh, that's when I got acquainted to superhero drawing I I learned to so I just that's the that. one yeah <laughs> I was like that's I the one yeah. yeah how to draw comics the Marvel yep. ways by Stanley and John Buscema uh so that's kind of funny I just love how I was like I was just looking on that shelf and I remembered I had it. <laughs> That's the one. And also they, I think they recorded like a, uh, like a video. I, I saw yeah. that, like that was both of them talking the same book, going chapters all over. So that was my first, like, you know, educational book. And of course, like superhero comic books and everything. And, um, that, that's how I, uh, how I got started. And then as I progressed, I, you know, was searching for books. For example, there is one really cool book on anatomy anatomy for artists by bern hogart that's a that's a classic one and also a really useful book that i came across around 98 or 99 
was uh, learn animation by Preston Blair. That's uh, I think he was he was working, I think at Disney or Hanna Barbera. I can't remember, but that's like a like a you know the the big book on on animation and cartoons and like the whole noodles. So that was a learning part in my teenage. Then I entered college. I didn't do much jobbing there because like you know studying and various jobs in twenties. And then, uh, but but the passion for comic books was always there because I was reading and like you know the the video game was booming early two thousands. So that was the my you know that was the focus. Like I studied IT on my uh, university. So I was more, much more in that, and like I was in in in, uh, in in comics as a as a hobby reader, collecting and learning and everything. And then around like you know the, the passion was always there, and I was like, I would like to try myself at like see if I can make it as a career. Yeah. Around you know the 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 thought start to form around age twenty seven. It was kind of like always there in the back of my my mind, but uh, that was like that when I was kind of like more determined to like go for it. And then I made a website. I started using a, you know, that was like around 2000, 2009, uh, 2009, 2010. Um, I, I started uh, preparing my portfolio. I made a website and started querying the, the publishers. Like I start, I made a, made a, a profile on digital webbing mm -hmm. on the old forum where everybody was connecting. And that's how I landed my first gig on that forum. And it was for a small publisher from Ohio, Broken Icon Comics. And then we worked together for like a year and a half. And uh, we made some web comics. We, we made some comics. They made a convention there between, uh, between uh, Virginia and Ohio. I helped them as a community manager on that one. And then after that, I, I started querying, uh, adding people on Facebook because that was the thing around 2011, 2012, <laughs> before everything else. And uh, I started adding people from the industry, how I, I was finding them. Through, and I, I was able to find the editors because when you're overseas in that time, that period, when the you know, online wasn't so developed, the only way to find who is working on what was like if you had the comic book and see like the editor's name. And then you go online and Google, like Google, Google was like, okay with indexing everything. So I had uh, in luck in, in searches. So that's how I found about like majority of publishers contacts. And I started be talking with people and eventually I landed a gig at Boom Studios. My first big gig was a uh, Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty cool book to be on <laughs> as your first, like, you know, like bigger book like that. That's a, that's a pretty cool yeah. book to be on. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was. I mean, like uh, I was twenty nine when I got it. Like in in the in the you know age of life, like in yeah. you're twenty nine. So like you you should be like having like experience in work and everything, which I did. But uh, in terms of art, like you're like a toddler. Like you, you're yeah. just starting. You know, like so. That was like the you know you wanted. You got it. Here we go, man. You know, do something cool. And exactly. I I got a yeah. I got a I got a lot of backup from Clive Barker through the mm -hmm. editors. We never met or you know con have, had a direct contact but uh he he was like give the guy space and let him see what he can do so that was a that was a good experience i was super creative i was super free to do but i was always aware like you know that's a book like that's licensed property that's big so mm -hmm. i always tried to like get back to the previous issues and stay in the universe because you know that was the reader's experience that's what people would expect to do so mm -hmm. I gave it a little Absolutely. bit of a spin on my own. I developed some tools and techniques and build experience, and uh, we got a nice book. It, it, and after that, awesome. like, yeah, it just took over. One publisher, other publisher met people. We started doing uh, work together. Uh, one one of the biggest partners in crimes is Andrea Muti. Mm -hmm. uh, you guys had a podcast before. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Andrea is one of my favorite artists of all time i just it's just it's insane i mean in the amount of styles and things that that andrea can do it's just it's just beautiful uh and i hate i love saying that to another person who is also an artist but no seriously like i think a lot of people would agree with me that he's an unbelievable artist man like he he found about me in 2013 and he was like i have this cool book i like your style let's see what we can do and i did some color tests for him he sent it to dynamite and we got like the book titled Noir about, you know, shadow, 
and Miss Fury and Black Hannah, like all those pop characters with writer Victor Gishler. And that's where we started. Like that, that was our first job together, project together. And then after that, like 10, 10 years later, we got like under like a thousand pages together on all sorts of projects, licensed and creator owned. So and like he he he's an amazing human being and an artist and, and a great mentor actually. Yeah. So it's 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 an yeah I, I loved I absolutely stumbled upon that. That was a funny thing too is a number of times on this podcast I've reached out to a publisher or a publicist and said I'm interested in getting this person on the podcast. How can we make this happen? And then they'll throw in people, which is kind of a funny thing. They're like, well, so the artist is available too, and that I think that was the episode too where it was like, well, Andrea I can join you too. I'm like, what? How would I say no to that? Are you no, I'm sorry, please. I don't want that much talent on the podcast. Like, please. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was an unbelievable yeah, he, talking to him. So well, I, I think like the, like these types of podcasts are extremely important. This wasn't a thing like five years ago before no. the pandemic, but uh, it's really helpful because like we all are like scattered all around the world and in the in the in the States. I mean, like United States continent is like huge. It takes the same amount of time from Los Angeles to New York as is from New York to Amsterdam. Like there is no like mm. there is no difference in time, uh, the the length. So when you're scattered like that, this helps like you know to connect and to to talk to people to meet. I always I always like consider like working on a on a comic book like part of a band. Like we we jam together, we do yeah. exchange ideas, and then we make a book that's like a nice reader's experience. Yes, so, I don't know funny. if you. My, my number one my number one country a couple weeks ago uh, on rankings i try not to look at the rankings that much because i just don't like to live off of that like i do this pure like obviously it's not a financial benefit for me i do it mainly to try to get word out about people's comics and things that i like but also it's a it's a fun outlook to have someone to just talk to about comics uh and so to me it's more of a passion yeah. so i don't ever want the numbers to actually adjust like oh i this was a really good episode. So I want to make sure I do more episodes like that. It's more like, I'm going to do episodes that I want to do, whether they flop or they're amazing. They are what they are. I enjoy doing them. Um, but when every once in a while I get an email and it was Saudi Arabia was my number one country that week, <laughs> Saudi Arabia, oh. for some reason, I didn't have any Saudi Arabian artists on creators on. I didn't have anything. It was just some reason Saudi Arabia really liked the episodes that week. I don't know. It was weird, but yeah, it's all over the world. When so that podcast, <laughs> I don't remember now. Now I have to go back and look at it. But uh, it was it was honestly like a, maybe a month ago. But it doesn't mean specifically oh. that the, the episodes that week were popular. It it means or that episode of the week was that popular. It was episodes that were listened to that week. And so it's possible someone in Saudi Arabia heard an episode and then was like, I'm going to listen to the entire catalog. And that bumped the numbers up because we were listening to yeah. a lot. Yeah. Also, also, when you mentioned Saudi Arabia, um uh, uh, there was in, in December in Abu Dhabi, there mm -hmm. was a comic book convention. Mm -hmm. And I, I saw like a few, Ryan, Ryan Katie and I think Matt from Top Cow, like they went there and a few okay. publishers. So you That's might, cool, spite... yeah, who knows? Yeah. It's a, it's a, I do it as a passion. It's more of a, it's a fun thing to do. And if I can get, if think about it, if, if you're, if someone goes out there and, and purchases it as a trade paperback or a single issue of a book that you've done in the past, if one person does it, in my opinion, we did our job because that's one more person exactly. that might become a fan of yours. Uh, hopefully hundreds of people do it. But like if one person does, I think it's a success on, on doing these things and making sure that people know about your books. And, 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 and you've worked on some amazing books that are like, you know, you're mostly on the independent side, but you have the licensed properties you've done. You've done creator owned uh, 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 comics with other people. Um, and you've worked with people like George Perez. Uh, you know, and so on and so forth. But the ones that I know you from are uh, Port of Earth with my buddy, Zach Kaplan. That's a great book over there in Andrea Moody. Uh, and um, Where Monsters Lie with Kyle Starks. And another artist that I absolutely love is Peter Kowalski. Uh, that, like, Peter on on um, Where Monsters Lie. And then he did Carmen Line uh, recently with Dennis Hopeless over at Mad Cave. And that was unbelievable too. I, I just absolutely love uh, P Peter's artwork. Uh, yeah. So this is the one when, when we talked originally, it was like where monsters lie was the one that I was like, Oh, I really like to talk about, talk about that with, with, with Vladimir. Like this is, this is a comic book that I really enjoyed uh, and ended up on my top 10 lists or top 20 lists of the 10, 10 lists, top 10. Did I do top 20? No, I did top 10, top 10 comics of the year. Um, where monsters lie actually ended up on that, uh, that list. So, uh, it's pretty awesome. So you've had a wide variety of 
talent that you've worked with, but also like titles you've worked with. This is not like you only do creator own, you only do licensed properties, you only do big two. You have like a, a mixture that must be fun. Actually, yeah, it is because um, when you're working a licensed property, uh, you gotta follow the license, and mm -hmm. there's a specific set of rules that you gotta kind of figure out how you're gonna approach that because it's uh, most of the times it's uh, multiple people who are involved in that, and some of the, those people you don't know. For example, if we worked on uh, we work on Highlander, mm -hmm. and that was true IDW. So we we made pages, then the editor sent it to the production company, then they had to like veto it, check it out, and give the green light so that we can go back and forth. So when, when it's licensed property, there's always that back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And uh, sometimes you have revisions, sometimes they, you know, maybe change a little bit of a vision or something. But it's an ongoing process. So that's different than, for example, Creator Own, like where Monsters Live, where um, we we were the ones who were like doing everything on it. Like mm -hmm. editor was like, this is the this is the Dell and just make it cool and make it on time and mm -hmm. go for it. And then uh, you know, uh Piotr and I I and, and Kyle and I like we talked and everybody did their part and everybody's like full creativity, and that's that's how we, we we made a book. So in, in those terms, like create your own comics are more like a, you know, making a music, like band jamming in, in a basement. Like we exchange some cool ideas and like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Let's put it in. That sounds nice. Let's do it. And like, you know, uh, license is more structured and like you, ha you, you, you gotta figure out like the reader's expectations on that one. So it's a, it's a different uh, approach, but Equally, both are interesting and both have their own challenges and makes you grow. So mm -hmm. I, I like both approaches. And also when you when you get a licensed property, you get to play with some cool characters that you wouldn't yes. be able to do otherwise. Yes. And that, so, that's you know, a lot of times I think people I've talked to people who've who have drawn like Star Wars, for example, or or, or TMNT or any of those ones. And it's like it is a dream come true. <clears throat> uh you know, there is a small sliver of it where you don't like to always peek behind the curtain. Like being in the behind the scenes and making these things, you could piss people off. You know what I mean? Like depending on how the story goes, you're you're touching their their sovereign yeah. things. Like if people's a big Hellraiser fan and you do something in the comic book that kind of like doesn't jive well, they might be upset. So whereas on a creator side of the or creative own side is no one knows how issues one through four are gonna go, but the creative team, like there's no preconceived notion of what there is yeah. in a book or how a character looks or acts or so on. And so I can see liking both sides of it, you know, pinch me moments of I get to draw, you know, I don't know, Adventure Time, you know, <clears or throat> color Adventure Time. And then there's also moments where like, oh, I get to cool work on a, a, you know, a creation that no one's ever seen what color the house is in this, you know, community in Way Monsters Die and stuff like that. But yeah. you've colored a lot of things, including this one. You've colored artists like Andrea Muti. You've colored Peter. You've colored... George Perez, just to name a couple, honestly, I, I don't want to go on your whole thing is what's it like with artists with names like that and having to basically keep partner with them? I mean, I know creative teams, when you, when you're drawing lines with a writer, you're, you're partnering with that person, but on the, when you're partnering with the art side, it must be a little different when someone's doing, when you guys are working together to create mm -hmm. what the art looks like, is that, is it something that's um, nerve wracking or is it just part of your job? <laughs> no, actually. It's, uh, I don't know, with pretty much everyone who I worked with, we kind of like clicked on a first basis and then we talked, we exchanged ideas and, you know, like, like a team colleague, like we, mm. we, we, uh, grow the relationship and then over time we learn each other's strengths and, uh, how challenges and how everybody like feels about something. And then we talk, talk through and there is a bond between us and we we can be, be free to create, you know. Andrea mm -hmm. knows what he can expect from me. I know what I can expect from, from him. So he can be free to say, okay, I can do like maybe more open panels, more line art because I'm going to color, put some in, in, into coloring inside or, you know, Piotr can do something else. So in that way with creators, you, you get to meet the people on, on, on the book. Even when we like meet for, for the first time, 
and start collaborating like on issue one issue one is like you know we trying to get each other to know each other and then by issue five or ten we're already like you know we've been through a few pages like mm -hmm. and we know how to how to navigate that and it's just like a flow so that's uh that's that's my experience actually <laughs> It must be, I say easier, because nothing, none of this is easy for anybody to do, but like, is it, if it is easier to do issues, say for an example, if we're talking where monsters lie, there's four issues, you do all of the artwork or all of it through all four issues. I mean, you do the coloring in all four issues. So, you know, when you set up issue one and by the time you get to four, you know, the colors of different things and, and what the artwork looks like and so on and so forth. When you just jump in and someone needs to do color in issue five or an issue six that means you didn't have to go back and read those first four issues right to make sure you're knowing you're not screwing something up you're not making as an, as an issue yeah. of is it immortal hulk where like it was like issue like seven or something like that where captain america was accidentally colored red uh like his suit was red and it was like a, it was actually like one of those ones that like because of that obviously it was an error in the, in the printing so the comic book was worth a lot more um but obviously that's just a mistake because Obviously, people know what color Captain America's suit is. It's blue. But yeah. the uh, it was colored the wrong color. So you have to like make sure you don't do that. You don't have to make sure you don't actually go in there exactly. and, and do something wrong. And so it must, like I said, I said it's not easy, but like easier to do all of the issues than it is to just step in and do a couple of issues, I'm guessing. Yeah, it is. But on the other side, when you get into a fill-in, for example, if you get mm -hmm. if, if the, it's mini if it's mini series of like eight issues and you get on yeah. issue four. You kind of like get to experience the first three issues of reader, mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's yes. kind of like a bonus point. <laughs> yes, exactly. You're like, oh, I got to read those issues. Now I get to color them. That's awesome. Yeah. This this is amazing, or yeah, or, yeah. or so on. <laughs> that's that's. But that's I crazy. I do have to do that because like you know, sometimes you, you know you got to figure out what what you're gonna do actually. Mm -hmm. So and it's a kind of like a homework <laughs> in comics. Which thing <laughs> with with your variety of of. of of titles you've worked on and creators and, and things when projects come across your desk nowadays, is it, is it more of a, what you want to work? Is it looking like, obviously everybody's looking for work. We want to pay our bills and stuff like that. So like, you know, if someone needs help on something that you're not over the moon about, you'll, you'll, it's, it's a job you might, might do it, but is it the title that you're looking at? Is it the creative team that you want to work around? Is it like, what, what makes it so you pick a book to work on if someone were to call you and ask you to work on it? Well, when I was a younger, like more more inexperienced and hungrier for work, uh, uh, I was kind of like more excited. I wanted to like work on specific titles, but through the age and like when I got to do licensed properties, when I got a lot of experience under my my hand. Um, nowadays, it's just about like with with whom I want to work. Like I would rather work with uh, people who I can have good chemistry and have a good. Uh, balance and be able to to express myself then to work on some licensed property with a creator who is not really flexible or is stubborn on the vision or mm -hmm. you know like something like that like i i was always uh i, I had a few um discussions on that and so i might be sounding a bit different but like you know if the creator is the owner of that so you know mm -hmm. he's the boss so okay then it's tolerable but if we are like equally like owning the if we are in together in yeah. the creation process you know then it needs to be some tolerance because if a writer wants to be the one who controls everything then you know go and write a novel <laughs> yes this is a, this is a this is a collaborative <laughs> thing like yeah it's it's all part of adaptation like the writer writes a script the artist adapts that script then i come in and then i adapt the line art then the writer comes in and he adapts the script because of the you know art. So it's mm -hmm. kind of like a circle, and then we get that into print. So yeah, it's it's between the people, but most of the times, like I, I did so many work and now I know a lot of people. So basically I'm always full and mm -hmm. it's it's a it's an enjoyable process for me. That's awesome. It's it's just but I'm always open to, to open new people. Yeah. You're saying sorry. Go ahead. Well, but I'm like I'm, I'm always open to to finding people yeah. to ex experience new things and uh, yeah, it's kind of like a karate kid like vaccine vex out. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's one of those things that like I I don't know if you if 
I like throwing mixtures into things. So if like all of a sudden all you did was ever work with Andrea or all you ever did was work with a specific creator and it might get to the point where you're like, well, I kind of need to branch out a little bit or someone who's worked for Marvel their entire life. Sometimes just be like, I just need to do an independent book just to be away from superheroes for a little bit. And so like I can see where, you know, you need and the ability to be an artist and work with other writers. It's like, you're not the one having to create everything from the ground up. Like you can work with a team with someone else. But so it's like, it could be nice to be able to say, I just want to go over here and and, and maybe just color the, uh, Andrea Muti's lines. Let's just do that. I'll just do that this time. It's be fun. I like I work with him. It's a cool title, um, and and so on. But uh, so yeah, it's I like having that mixture. So if I was you, I would want the mixture too, a little bit of everything, and so on and so forth. And that's why I don't understand, honestly, as a big Marvel head over here, I don't understand some people who can only draw Marvel characters their entire lives. I'm just like, come on, you need to get some other things in there to mix mix it up. I mean, the paychecks are probably well, nice, you but know, I'm just saying like... <laughs> you know, like, skill is one thing, creativity yeah. is yeah. also skill, which is another. And then, uh, you know, maybe somebody, you know, is good at what they do. It's a job, you know. <laughs> yeah, it, it's true. So, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a lot of people like understand it's a job. Yeah, I mean, like, with art, it's tricky, you know, if you go into finance or something, like, you, you're set to go, like, whatever you do, you know, you're going to be paid, and that's the, you know, that's the job on the system side. This is a creative side, so, you know, when you go, if you, I don't know, have, like, three kids and uh, more, two mortgages or something, like, you yeah. know, like, a lot of stuff behind your back, and you're an artist, and, I don't know, you live in, you know, in more expensive state in the U.S., for example, yeah. Like you don't have really room to, you know, experiment with the, you know, the geeky sci-fi from your teenage yeah. years yeah. that might take off or might not take off uh, in, uh, you know, true image or, or some other problem. Mm -hmm. So yeah, in a way, true. I can understand that, you know, where, where people do come. But I think like, you know, if you can always find a way, I mean, you can do commissions, you can do like sketches, like sketchbooks, and you know, there are ways to express your creativity, creativity, even if you don't have time for that. So. Mm. That makes sense. It does. Yeah. I, I can and some see people that. I just, can see that. <laughs> yeah. Casual doing maybe some superhero stuff. So, yeah. Well, and you see that. You see the people who are like potentially someone who, you know, does superhero stuff all the time. You do see that every once in a while on their Instagram or their Twitter. Mm -hmm. Like they just post, you know, a picture of them drawing Spawn or they draw, you know, some some other character that's not their own property. They just want to get it out there uh, and show it. And a lot of times I know some artists who, like a lot of their, they, they, you know, I love, uh, I'm friends with Ben Bishop who does the artwork for uh, The Last Ronin or some of the artwork for Last Ronin. And a lot of times if he has a, a sketch for someone, they pay him to do a, a commission and they're like, can you do The Walking Dead? And he's like, I don't even do The Walking Dead, but they just want their, they love The Walking Dead. They love my art style and they want to see a character in The Walking Dead. So I'll draw it. That's, that's you know, when I have time mm -hmm. and, and so on and so forth. So he gets to play in that even if he doesn't get to actually do, you know, day-to-day -day artwork in The Walking Dead. Yeah. You know, comic book. obviously it's not around anymore. So that's not... <laughs> It's hard to draw The Walking Dead if it doesn't exist anymore, but that's <laughs> it doesn't in their reprinting of it. But uh, you know, it doesn't actually exist in new issues. But um, but yeah, so you got on where monsters lie uh, again. That's the that's the uh, I would say in my uh, reading is my favorite of all the work you've done, uh, and that's mainly just because I love this Thank entire you. creative team, uh, and that's because uh, Kyle I think is a wonderful com comedic writer, but he's also a wonderful horror writer and i think a lot of people don't give him as credit on his horror side as he does his comedy side and with where monsters lie it's like a mixture of the two like it's just there's the jokes in there but there's also some like crazy crazy good artwork uh that's uh gr gr gruesome and working yeah. on a book that has things like uh not to spoil it for anybody but like eyes getting stabbed out of the head with a ice pick like there's that must have been some fun time working on this book, in my opinion, at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like that's a that's one nice, interesting, uh, casual, everyday, mundane book with an occasional bizarre killer. You know, like, yeah. you know, like nothing to see here. Like you know, no. looking at the, I love the, it too. I read most of my books. That. I read most of my comics when I'm going to bed at night. I, I you know, a lot of times I get them. Like a lot of these, like Dark Horse and things like that, we get advanced copies. And I'm reading the digital PDF on my iPad and the lights are off and I'm getting ready to fall sleepy. And all of a sudden I know where I just see someone's eye get stabbed out with an ice pick. I'm like, cool, I'm not going to sleep tonight. That's awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. <laughs> all right. 
Like, well, I'm glad I glad we made you like, you know, why? it chills a little bit, you know, like it's pretty yeah. funny on that. But uh, no, it's it's a cool concept, you know, of, of where serial killers go uh, to spend their downtime and what happens when someone doesn't uh, pay attention to the rules and things like that. And there's a little bit more to it. And, and so on and so forth. Kyle's come on the podcast to talk about uh, comics in general and stuff, stuff like that too. And I was saying that the biggest thing to me is is the fact that a lot of people are probably going to see this and be like, ah, I don't like comedy comic books. And I'm like, no, it's not that. Read it. Read it. It's not, it's more than that. And, mm-hmm. and like it. But yeah, it's beautifully done. Uh, I think, again, the artwork is amazing uh, and so on. And then the other one would be Port of Earth. It's a great book uh, over by Zach Kaplan. That's actually, I think it's, it's coming out in trade paperback here pretty soon, isn't it? Yeah, I, just I, see that's coming. July, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah which is awesome like to hear. Yeah. That's a, that's a great thing. That, to see. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what was it called? Port of Earth. Um, that's, that's another book. Again, I just caught my attention because I, I, I struggle sometimes to get the entire creative team in my head. Like I can remember a lot of times just the artist or just the writer or just the letter or just the colorist or, a, you know, one on a mixture of the two. And um, when I go through and read things, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's no wonder I like that comic book. It's because this team was on it or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's no wonder I, I yep. you, you finish a movie and you're like, oh, that was a great movie. And then you go back and look at the director. You're like, well, no crap. I like that movie. It's because it was directed by so-and-so. <laughs> but yeah, yeah see, exactly. I, I feel it totally on that. I it's have that same when I look at the artwork. Mm-hmm. Like, who's that guy? I can't remember, but I know the artwork. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, I was trying to figure it out right now, but I know they were re-releasing it in, in trade paperback format, but I don't remember, um, is who, who put it out there? July, said. I think. Is it July? Or June. Okay. I was just maybe trying to get June. it out there. Maybe June. Um, maybe it it's funny about that is because it doesn't matter because of the fact that all these dates always change anyway in the world of comic books. Yeah. So. <laughs> No, printer, <laughs> printer, pr- printers of comic books have never uh, run out of paper or... Uh, Just August, the flow of life. Oh, that's not it. That's the new printing, it says. Where's the new printing? No, that's the old printing. Huh. It's coming back out in print, guys. Everybody just let everybody know that. At some point. Check it out. <laughs> I was trying yeah. to be helpful here, <laughs> and, you know, and, and help promote it, but I guess I didn't look it up early enough. But Top Cow should have more information on that out there top guys yeah, yeah they'll have it on their website and yeah. socials yeah but it's just check that out because Porter earth is amazing uh where monsters lie is available uh in trade paperback as well at, at most comic book shops the best thing about trades in the united states uh, around the world really is uh that trade paperbacks are available in bookstores uh whereas uh single issue comics are only allowed in places that sell like local comic book shops and things like that uh so when it hits the trade paperback market like where monsters lie is right now is that it's now book you can go to your local bookstore if you don't have a comic book shop you can go to your local bookstore and just be like i want this trade paperback and they can get it for you uh which is great if they don't already have it in stock which is always fun uh or you can go online and get it because you know just get a shop your local place or with your creators like if, if kyle has it on his website or someone has it on their website grab it there but if you can't just go to amazon people just buy the book amazon is international like yes i think they're, the they, they're doing the distribution to Penguin Random House and Penguin yep. is like transglobal, like they're mm-hmm. everywhere. So if you go to yeah. Dubai, you might pick it up. Like yeah, yeah. see, <laughs> so, everywhere. Yeah. I found oh, I found oh. my other book in Dubai. They, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was a. That's awesome. Um, yeah. and so so you've you've colored most of the books out there that are on your on your resume of sorts have your coloring on it um is there something that strikes when you when you go into start doing a book do you start putting a palette together how do you start this process of actually coloring a book um i i kind of have like a, in a way a think feel think kind of process i check the script i check the line art then i think about it in which direction I would like to go. For example, when it comes to where most of the lie, uh, I decided to go in two, two, two directions. First one was uh, to check out Norman Rockwell's paintings. It's the, you know, the, the, the American yeah. painter, one of the more famous ones, you know, with his realism and everything. 
And I went online on YouTube to check out Jeffrey Dahmer's interviews. Uh, I think the TV show was coming up at that time when we were doing production and yeah. I saw it and I was like, I wanted to Google who the guy is. And then when I saw the interviews, that was a chilling, like, that was really chilling uh, experience <laughs> online. And I was like, that's it. Because the book had a mundane and the interview was like, Jeffrey was sitting in a, in a prison room. There was a journalist next to him and he was talking casually, like we were doing, like he was exchanging recipes for a soup, except he was talking about his you know victims so dad was like and he was fully aware of what he was doing and like that's oh, yeah. like that 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 kind of like mind bugging mind fuck is a yeah is a moment where you're like well that's chilling and that's that's the stuff that like goes into this comic book because that's it like this is a comic book where like they they walk talk and like you know do do crazy stuff with our stuff like mm -hmm. eye popping and all that like aside so that's how I approached. That's what the so that was the thinking phase. And then when I was okay. uh, going to coloring, the mechanics behind me, like the film phase, is like I color and then I visualize in my head like how I want to see the scene, and then I true feeling like okay, this is like nice green palette. Maybe I could do it like more darker, more and like back and forth, back and forth with myself, and how my internal gun feel how I think it, the scene should go. And then when I get that zinc. Like, okay, this is it, this is good. Then I finish the page and move on to the next one. And then I go to the think field process again. And then when I finish the whole book, I go like another thinking process to see all the pages, if everything connects together, if I haven't missed something somewhere, or like consistency in saturation and coloring and uh, all of that, like final layouts. So that's my that's my approach to like pretty much every book that we do. And I, I use the I use the bill. I don't have like I have like those small and I call it in Photoshop. So I have those small like squares with pretty fine colors if I really need to pull something out. But most of the time, most of the time it's like you know that color wheel or the color square, and then I pick up what I want. I I, I most of the time know how this is working, the situation where how it goes, like the sections. So that's how I uh, pick up the colors. And also that's not that's not only there is like like layers and then transparency and filters and like all of that stuff to get that uh, unique look for the specific book plus yeah. brushes I, I i do design my own brushes custom brushes okay. for not not for every project but where i think it's suitable i do i have some old brushes for different kind of like weather conditions snows rains like five different types of rain and you know, weather fog like so those kind of things to use and like make you know the the, the visual side style unique. Mm -hmm. When it comes to rendering, uh, I you know use. I also have uh, my own style of rendering. Like ten years ago, I I played with like I took the lightning and I took a you know beast ahead, and then I was playing with um, with lightning and doing. Uh, photo screens to make my own references, to see how I want to like sh shadow something. Most of the shadowing when you go through like is pretty much standard, but like those small nuances and details. And then when you do that to yourself, like on your face. So that's how like, all those small details to make it like, you know, the technicalities that people most, most often don't, do not notice, but like it makes art mm -hmm. what it is. Mm -hmm. And then like, over the years, it's a training. You kind of learn your tools and tricks, like, you know, all those skills. And then it's a muscle memory. And then you feel like, okay, ah, for this one, I'm going to do that. Like mm -hmm. shadow number 17, <laughs> for example. <laughs> you know. Kind of like, you know, like kind of like my own 22 panels that always work. Yes. Yes. Except I haven't haven't made it in an extra sheet. I made it at one point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's awesome. So it's, it's a fun. It's a the thing. It's funny. Is that it's like I hate to say it makes our job easier, but as an artist, I'm a graphic artist by trade during the day, and and the internet and YouTube and references to things have made jobs so much more made made us do our job better. If that makes any sense, I don't want to say the word easier, but I want to say it makes us be able to do our jobs better because of the fact that. Yeah you being able to look up Jeffrey Dahmer's videos and so on and so forth. 20, 30 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, it would have been a lot harder to try to find those movies or that, those interviews because yeah. you had to like watch them on TV when they came out or recorded them or knew someone or something like that. Whereas, you know, 
nowadays with the ability to just be like, I need to know this. And you look it up and it's like, okay, now I can reference that, whatever it may be. Um, the funny thing is also, I think I, I, I talked to an artist once who said there's so many pictures on their phone of like selfies in weird positions and weird lighting so that they they know what to do for shading and things like that. And I'm just like, if someone ever, like if you ever get like, someone murders you and they like look at your phone <laughs> you know like what is with this person and all it is is these weird pictures of yourself because they're like working in your studio it's hot out you have no shirt on or whatever and they're just taking a photo yeah it's an interesting uh, actually uh, <laughs> i don't think there is such a thing as normal gallery on a phone of everybody like today yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't i don't think that exists even if it does what it would be <laughs> i mean like i don't like it'd be like great you just don't go of, and look yeah don't look at someone's photos. People's galleries. No, no. You, you, no, you don't do that. <laughs> do that. Um, but yeah, so are, are you, um, that's an awesome, that's awesome hearing from someone who is an artist. So an artist who uh, draws, specifically draws lines and doesn't actually do a lot of their own coloring or the opposite or whatever. It's nice to hear um, from the other segment of comics. If people don't, you see the four titles and names on a, on a, on a cover. A lot of people don't your average consumer uh, or new consumer in the comic book industry might not know what that means. They might not know that, you know, when you see Kyle Starks on there, what does Kyle do? Some people think that the creator of a comic book is the person who does everything. And some people do. We're not going to take away from that. There are people who write, draw, color, letter, all that stuff. They're crazy. Uh, I'll say that right now. They're absolutely insane because having a team to work with you makes your life easier. Well, so. sometimes, sometimes that's a, that's a, that's a nice thing, nice thing to do. Like, you know, sometimes, I think everybody should like have every creator should have like 10 pages that he completely did himself because that's how you learn learn the process of making like that's mm -hmm. that's the cycle you know you have to you, you don't have to learn every step of the process but if you do you can like it, it's easier to navigate with everybody like you you'll be more comfortable yeah. and like there's there's benefits to it let's say like that I think I've heard, uh, I think it was my buddy Joseph Schmalky who wrote, who said to me once, he's like, also, I can do everything. So he does uh, uh, his book, Seven Years in Darkness. It's out right now on CEX Publishing. He does write, draw, color. He has someone else edit every one of his books, which is really necessary because that has ability of having another name or another person to look at your book, look at your work. Uh, but he stopped lettering his own books. He says, I'm not any good at it. And why not hire someone who's good at it to do it? And so there you go. That's the way to do it. If you can do it, doesn't mean you should do it. And that means that if you have, if, if you were really good at illustrating and coloring and, and lettering a book, get someone to write your book. If you're good at writing books, but you're not good at coloring, get someone to do that. But if you can do it, yes, it's fun to do. Um, and again, like you mentioned, doing it all helps you learn the process. But in the end, sometimes do what also makes you happy. So if you're not happy doing the rest of the stuff, get someone else to yeah. do it for you. <laughs> but I mean, like if you have like one year to do like five yeah. issues, then that I mean that's okay. But it all yeah. like go. Yeah, I mean, it all depends. Like you know, what uh, what do you want? But like for the for the book to be functional in the in the United States on uh, on a monthly level, you you have to do. Yeah. as a team especially in today's world when like you have content everywhere like you know why would somebody go and pay five bucks for a 20 pages of comic book mm -hmm. you know? when he can like go on tiktok and browse forever everything free or youtube or like for five bucks he can have netflix or any any other kind of subscription subscription or play video like there is so much more content like than before 30 years so the comics are awesome. So I think that's the reason why people should buy comics is because they're amazing. But I will say that I was yeah, in a slump are. this week because my son has been uh, has been sick. Uh, a lot going on at work. My wife is uh, 30, 34 weeks pregnant. So we've got another month or so before we're having our baby, our second child. And so there's a lot going on. Congratulations in advance, man. Thank you very much. But um, there's a lot going on. So the last night with my son being sick and I barely gotten any sleep, I... I I wanted to put something up on the website about uh, Ed Brisson's new book, the, Dis Dis the Displaced. And I was just like, I can't get myself to read it just because I don't want to take the time to do that right now. I just want to sleep, whatever. Force myself to in a sense. Like I, I'm forcing myself to. Like obviously I didn't force it. I want to read comics. but uh, And I'm so glad I did because it was amazing. And everybody should read it when it comes out because it's absolutely wonderful. Actually, when this episode drops, it comes out uh, today. I know it has nothing to do with Vladimir here, but like it's 
unbelievable. So even if you feel like you wake up one day, you're like, I don't want to read comics today. Pick one up because it might be the best comic book you've ever read. So get get into comics and read comics, in my opinion. <laughs> I think I think as a creator that uh, comic books are, the, if not the most important form of uh, art, then one of the top three. But I think mm -hmm. it's the most important one because in comic books, you have pretty much summary of every other type of art. Like you have uh, filmmaking through the panel direction, you have writing through, like you can do poetry, you can do fiction, you can do prose you can even do like textbook in a comic book mm. i mean google has a textbook comic book that explains how google works for example yeah. you you have to you have to learn learn to to do the architecture like costume mm. costume design like all that stuff uh, and then uh, even even like you know it's considered you know it, it, it is a performance art because you have to sit down and draw the same way you have to like go and play an instrument. So mm -hmm. in a way it's most complex and most you know, most important because it boosts your creativity. It's nice to yes. see pictures. It's kind of, kind of kind of like a universal language and it connects people. That's how actually comic books started and formed in the United States, like in 1890, like because yeah. somebody drew a panel and somebody extended that. And then the stories were about immigrants who came and, the late 19th century so they can connect and educate and like just yeah survive to the experience together and that's what comic books do today like all around the world like us and everything else like through the passion all that so early on in the, in the podcast we're on this is episode 151 of the podcast but early on like episodes nice. in the first 20 episodes i had ian rosenberg and Mike Cavallaro on the podcast to talk about this book, which is called Free Free Speech Handbook. And it's about the history of free speech in the United States, but it's a it's a history book, basically. It was researched and all that stuff, but it's a comic book. And so like that's nice. the thing, is like comics are in everything. Stan Lee's biography is in comic book form. Like there's like there's so much that I mean, you know, Kate Kate Beaton wrote this book, which is a comic book, but it's about her life. So like it's about the comics are in everything, I think, and I think that they're worth reading. Yeah. I think we're we're preaching to the choir probably on this one because let's be honest, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably read comics. But um, the ones that I would highly recommend you pick up is Where Monsters Lie. Uh, I'll tell you. And that if right you now. don't read comics, give it give them a chance, or buy them for someone else. Like them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like comics, but you can have it. You, I'll buy it for you. No. Um, and then also Port of Earth, like I mentioned, Port of Earth is a good one. But uh, obviously, anything that that Vladimir's touched has honestly been good. So I, I will say that uh, you are an unbelievable artist Thanks. and creator in your own your own own right. Uh, you're, you've partnered up with a bunch of good names, but you're in there too. So if you know, if I were to talk to Andre, I'd be like, "You remember when you worked with with Vladimir?" And he'd say, "Yeah, I love that guy." So <laughs> you're up there. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> The uh, yeah, so grab oh, those books, they're, they're available. Uh, like I said, trade paperbacks and things like that. Are you working on anything? Obviously, you might not be able to say what it is. Are you working currently on? on, on uh, I'm working right now, right now yeah. Uh, I'm working on a few projects. Um, okay, I can't say uh, about anything yet, <laughs> but I can say about one my personal project that I'm working on beside the hard, hard stuff. Okay. And this okay. one is this one is not a comic book, but it is about comic books, okay. <laughs> So this is the section that I haven't mentioned, but uh, in 2019, I enrolled um, in the PhD studies of contemporary arts and media. And, you know, because I'm a huge fan of, uh, you know, social scientists, so social sciences. And um, I started writing a doctoral thesis on comic books, on American comic books specifically, from the social science and, uh, you know, with a philosophical approach. So I'm writing a textbook. So that's a project that I can talk about a little I'm currently writing chapter two and three, so yeah. Okay, that's awesome. I'm hoping that I'm going to finish the first draft by this year, and uh, hopefully maybe by the end of 2025 or 2026, I'll have the English version that will be available for, you know, worldwide. That's awesome. Little light, little light reading, right? <laughs> uh, it's yeah. I, I, I'm going. I'm going to try to make it like for okay, the end good. reader because that's the point. Yeah. First chapter is, for example, historical in value, like some context, some symbolics yeah. of comic books, how they, so it's a bit of a, let's say a dry read, but it's a serious, mm -hmm. much, much more ser serious read because it's a kind of like a scientific book. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sometimes, but it, it's education on comics. 
and also my way to like give to the back to the community. Yeah. So that's awesome. It's interesting. That's yeah. so cool. You have, you have many talents over there, Vladimir. You got many talents. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're well, a single talented person. Well, I, I was kind of like a nerdy kid most of my life, so still am. <laughs> so you know. <laughs> That's awesome. That's I'm looking forward uh, to it. So, and, and I'll curious. keep my I'll, I'll keep my eye out personally, but everybody else should keep their eye out. Uh, who listens to this podcast uh, about Vladimir uh, Popov's name on things? If you see it, uh, check it out because it's probably worth picking up. Uh, you men I mentioned earlier, and you, we've talked about this on this podcast is the people you've worked with are also unbelievable. So, like in all likelihood, if your name's on it, then everybody else that's in that problem probably going to be pretty talented uh, lineup of of creators there. Uh, so check that out. But I'm still going to hammer home that you should all buy Where Monsters Lie uh, um, from Dark Horse Comics because that's one of my favorite comic books that came out last year. And it's it's there's, there's just I just can't find a flaw with it. So there's that's a big thing. Also, if we're going to advertise it a little bit more, um, Where Monsters Lie was nominated for the Bram Stoker's Award. Mm -hmm. so, and also it was a, one of the top 10 horror comic books overall for... 2023 by comic book resources and yes. mixology. So like, yep. kind of like that. See? It like, took We're... off. Like nobody, didn't, nobody was expecting it. But... I'm not on an island here. I'm not the only one that says this, people. The people that actually matter out there have said this as well. So <laughs> I will yeah. hope for it. We win a Bram Stoker Award. That'd be amazing. That would be so wonderful. I mean, uh, they are so awesome. They have like these small statues as a, as a prize, like the, the, the castle. That was mm -hmm. like amazing. I was like, I'd like to win it just for the just for like the statue. <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. Because the statue is cool. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Like, yeah, you know, everybody else is out there putting it in their closet somewhere. You've got it like on your coffee table so people can see. Yeah, next to my laptop. Like, <laughs> like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but yeah, so uh, you know what? It's been so much fun. I'm so thankful that you actually rescheduled with me not only once but twice um, because of things no, that have come up, illnesses and so on and so forth. Appreciate you taking the time out of your day or your night to talk to us about comics and, and so much more. Uh, be sure to check out Vladimir on what well, you're on Twitter uh, and Instagram, right? Twitter, uh, yeah, X, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. Yeah. So check all those places out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Check out your artwork. Sure. And, and, and yeah, thank you so much again. Appreciate you taking the time out. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it was a pleasure. It was enjoyable. So. We can do it again sometime in the yeah, future. We should. Yeah, we should. I have I'll, resch I'll reschedule like four times that time, though. Okay. We'll, we got to make sure okay, that. Like... That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate it, Vladimir. Yeah.